Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. I hope what you just saying is true about you, and by the grace of God, you live for Jesus every day. One back to the book of Ephesians today for our final in a series of messages on growing in Christ for his glory. And we have looked at Christ changes our walk, he changes our words, he changes our wrath. Yesterday we saw that all anger is not sin, but you can be angry and sin not if you're motivated and mastered by Christ in that area. Don't allow sinful anger, but scriptural anger to be the part of your life because you have some settled convictions, some things that you're against that God's against. Then we saw how to get rid of bad anger. I really appreciate yesterday your total attention and how many of you were responsive in that. We learned that we release it, which is what the word forgive means, and we release it Promptly, we don't let it go. the sun go down on our wrath. We release it properly by freely and fully and finally saying it's gone. We're not gonna bring it up again. We're not gonna pick the scab of bitterness in our lives. We'll let God heal us. And then we reach out and we're considerate and compassionate and touch people's lives. Today we're going on for our last in a series on uh, growing in grace. And we're gonna talk about the fact that this time God changes our work. We're gonna talk about labor today. Stand please for the reading of just one verse of scripture. One verse of scripture. I'm in verse number 28. Ephesians 4, 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Notice, stop stealing. Say it with me, stop stealing. We'll talk about that today. Thank you very much, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for a brand new day. This is the day you've made. We're rejoicing and glad in it. Take this text and its truth and transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. Sean Hopwood got a, when he graduated from high school in Nebraska, he got a scholarship to play basketball. Unfortunately, he was kind of lazy and that scholarship did not pan out because he didn't do so well. He lost interest in college, joined the Navy. It wasn't too long till he was out of the Navy and sitting in a bar and talking to a buddy of his and they concocted a plan to rob a bank. Before he was called, he was in, he had ended up robbing five banks. He went to federal penitentiary, it was there, he finally got his life turned around and he began to read about law. He was so consumed with it, he actually practiced <coughs> a little bit of personal law and was able to help some of the other men who are inmates get little briefer sentences. When he was released for good behavior after 10 years, he earned his degree, a BS and a JD degree, and the state of Washington permitted him to take the bar exam, which he passed. Today, he works as a professor in Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., and recently he was offered $400,000 for his abilities. 
They call that going from a robber to a lawyer. In this passage of scripture, that's what God is saying. Stop stealing, start serving. Stop looting and start laboring. Why would he say that? Well, in Ephesus, it was filled with all kinds of pilferers. On the outside of the mountains were multiple thieves and robbers, and it was dangerous to travel. On the inside, many people ripped each other off. The slaves, lots of times, robbed from their own masters, and so the text is actually reading this way, you people who are stealing, stop it. You name the name of Jesus, stop stealing, and start working for the glory of God. Well, he begins by telling us stop looting. Many of you called money loot, and it's been called that for years. It means that you're taking something that was appropriated, something illegally, and you're seizing somebody else's goods. You're taking from someone else for your own benefit, and he says stop doing that. Have you ever stopped to think about all the methods of ways people steal? Some of you may be a victim of uh, stealing even in this room. I began to read through newspapers and articles and I found out one is just sheer robbery in Isaiah chapter 61 and verse eight. God said this, he said, for the Lord loves judgment, but I hate robbery. And many people rob other people. Did you realize every year in the United States of America, retailers, the places where you shop lose $13 billion worth of goods. That's approximately $35 million a day. You wanna know why prices are so high in the department stores you go? If people would stop stealing, they could bring those prices down and it would actually help every last one of us. One in 10 people shoplift and they started shoplifting, look at me in the face, when they were your age. Teenagers are getting bad habits of shoplifting. There's a car stolen every 45 seconds in the United States of America. There's two million burglaries that take place. Identity theft now is costing $16 billion a year. In other words, they take your credentials and use them for their own means. And one of the places that is really skyrocketing in robbery is robbing senior citizens. We live down in the state of Florida, not too far from us is a major retirement area. Recently, I read $37 billion worth of scams for senior saints. Some of you are gonna be a senior saint faster than you, you think, and many of these people are single, that one mate or the other has gone to heaven. I read about Marjorie Jones. They called her, it was a total scam, and said, you have won some X number of millions of dollars. Boy, she was so excited, and then they called her back and said, now what you need to do in order to collect your, willing, your winnings is you need to pay these taxes and these fees, and so she started paying one right after the other. Marjorie was technically legally blind, she did the very best he could until she was now well broke. Went to one of her children to borrow money and they said, Mom, somebody's bilking you. She went home and took her life. And I want to tell you, that stinks. That is as low as low can get. Stealing is going on. I wonder if you've ever stolen from anybody else. But there's also embezzling. Now, embezzling is stealing when you've been entrusted with something. You work for an organization, they trust you, and you walk off with that. One of the first embezzlers we read about in the Bible is a man by the name of Judas Iscariot. He actually carried the purse or he had the money for the uh, first Christian school and he was stealing, putting it in his own pocket. I thought it was very intriguing when I read that even small businesses lose a million dollars a year because of people who work in those businesses and swipe from them and steal from them. Three-fourths of employees approximately steal at least once in their life from the company they work for. You say, what's the big deal about that? You be the boss. 
That's what the big deal is about it. Do you know Walmart loses $3 billion yearly by embezzling? Your prices at Walmart could be lower if people who work on the inside would stop stealing, but there's also the stealing by slandering. In other words, you steal the reputation of somebody else by what you lie and say about them. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 30, therefore I'm against the prophets that steal my words. Let me tell you the height of stealing. It's what's going on in many of our state schools when professors rob the faith of young people just like you. You people who are pastors and folks in full-time Christian service, this is a very interesting statistic. It didn't come from me, it came from secular sources. It is estimated that 70% of young people who are raised in Christian homes who go off to state schools within one year, the first year they're there, will turn from their faith. Seven out of 10. It's very important where you go to school. Let me take my stand without any apology, hesitation, reservation, and say when you graduate from high school, you ought to spend the first two years, no matter what you're gonna do, what you're gonna study, you ought to spend the first two years, crisis years, in a good Christian college somewhere where they can equip you and help you to face life. People are stealing, and I'll tell you, these people will rot in hell, and those who are lost, and they'll be a deep part of hell for those who have taught young people against the things of God. Then there's gambling. Gambling is now a multi-million dollar industry. There are two and a half million addicts, gambling addicts in the United States of America, whether it's casinos, racetracks, or the like. One fellow who's a lawyer said, I stole my children's college funds, forged my name, my wife's name on a $200,000 mortgage. He went to jail. He said, I owe now $1.6 million to my victims. He got addicted to gambling. Gambling is your profit at somebody else's expense. You're supposed to go to work. You're not supposed to gamble. Here's something that's unique. Did you realize that 70 plus percent of people who win the lottery, let me give you the chances of winning the lottery. One in 175 million, 70 to 75% of people who win the lottery in three years are flat broke. Isn't that unique? They didn't get it the right way, they don't know what to do with it, and they lose it. One fellow whose name was Bud Post won $16 million, and in one year, one year, he was a million dollars in debt. Then the Bible talks of us about borrowing. Now, it's not a sin to borrow if you can pay back. But when you borrow and don't pay back, you are stealing from the person or the company which allowed you to, to borrow that money. I hope that you'll learn at a young age, young age how to manage your money. Do you realize the average household in the United States of America is $16,000 debt in debt in credit cards? Let me explain that. If you borrow $1,000 from a, uh, in some kind of credit and it's 15% interest, you will pay back if you pay back on time, not $1,000, but $1,150. If you don't pay it back on time, it will continue to multiply and you will also have to pay a fee for that, you could end up, if you don't pay correctly, by spending at least one and a half times that. Many of the credit card companies now are 24%. That means you borrow $1,000, you pay back 1,240 bucks. You're actually going broke trying to borrow money. The average American household is $137,000 in debt because they don't understand the principles of work and saving and money management. Then also, you can be a cheater. You can swipe things by way of taking answers off somebody else's test paper. Do you know that's stealing? 
That's what I appeared. Did you know that, Steely? I'll tell you who you're actually robbing worse. It's not the person that knew the answer. It's you because you're going to graduate ignorant if you graduate at all. It's going to destroy you. Plagiarizing is stealing. That means you write a paper and put in there things that you didn't say or you didn't put in your own words. You just swiped it out of books. That's plagiarizing. Also, you can cheat on your taxes. How many of you have a job of any kind? Would you raise your hand? All right, I hope you do, and I hope your parents will teach you how to work. But I want to tell you, Jesus said, render under Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. So there's a lot of cheating going on. And then loitering. What does that mean? It means you're pilfering, you're not working, you're not giving a full day's work for a full day's pay. It's estimated in one week that the average person will waste five to eight hours. Let me explain that. If you have a 40-hour work week and you waste eight hours, what you did is took one day and flushed it. You actually threw it away. You say, well, how does that pan out? Well, a lot of people make $30 a day, so put it together, or $30 an hour. So if they make $30 an hour and they waste five hours, that's 150 bucks. Multiply that times 12 months. Multiply that in a small business times 10 employees. And what you did is you stole from the boss thousands and thousands of dollars. Learn how not to steal and not be a part of the American mentality. What happens when you steal? Well, there's motives for stealing. First is lustfulness. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, God says, take heed and beware of covetousness, wanting what you don't have. For a man's life, does not consist of the things that he has. Somebody said, I want that watch, I can't afford it. I'll just make a five-finger discount. I'll take it myself. Well, in number one, you have sinned against Almighty God. Number two, you've sinned against the people who paid for that and are making a profit off of selling it. Number three, you are actually building into your life bad habits that one day are gonna come up to haunt you and you're gonna spend some time in penitentiary because you eventually will get caught. You may not get caught today or tomorrow, but you'll eventually get caught lustfulness. They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and many hurtful and deceitful us. Second is laziness. Proverbs 13, 4 says, the soul of the sluggard desires, but he has nothing. In other words, he sits around and says, man, I'd like that. Well, there's a good idea. Go to work. No, I don't like work. I just want to get it my way. And so they're so stinking lazy that we'll be creative enough to figure out how to rob from somebody else who worked to get what they have. In the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter number three, God speaks out and he says, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Now, I believe this with all the unction function in my soul. If a man will not work, he ought to starve to death. Now, if he cannot work, we ought to help him. We have a whole lot of people on food stamps that can work. If the Trump administration gets what they want, and some of you may be reading about this, they're preparing to move in on some of these people who are just lazy, no good for nothing Americans, and they're going to say, you either work X number of weeks or X number of hours, or you're not gonna get anything. Well, it's a biblical principle. Help people who can't work, don't help anybody who won't work, and uh, who can work, you're not to give that to them. Then liableness, in other words, you borrow and can't pay back. I went to school with a guy and he decided he would get in with some wrong crowd and he got into a scheme and he couldn't pay the people off. And the last time I heard from him, he had gone into a bank with a ski mask on. He and I went to Bible college together. He robs that place and went to State Penn It'll cost you. Again, it's not wrong to borrow if you can pay back, but the borrower is servant to the lender. I got a question. You been stealing anything? 
You've been taking anything off your job? Let me explain something to you. If you work at McDonald's and they give you a 15-minute break and you take 20, you're a thief. If they give you 30 minutes for lunch and you take 45 minutes, you're a thief. If they tell you you can have this much to eat and you eat more than that and drink more than that, you're a thief and somebody ought to preach that and tell it to you because one day some of you may be employers and you'll have employees that steal from you. I'd make a three-point play through the uprights with the first time anybody stole from me, they wouldn't work for me anymore. Get somebody that's honest and a person of integrity and industry to work for you and you be that kind of person and God will honor you for honoring him. What happens with the misery of stealing? I want you to take your Bible this morning and go to the book of Psalms, chapter number 38, first of all. In Psalm 51, I do not have time to read. You have the confession of David who stole a man's wife named Bathsheba and he was immoral with her. He has that man executed. Psalm 51, it is his psalm of repentance, but also Psalm 38 and Psalm 32. I want to read to you what happens to a man like David who steals from another. What goes on with him mentally? I want you to look down, please, in verse number three of chapter 38. He said, there's no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is any rest in my bones because of my sin. Mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden, they're too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I'm troubled, verse six. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. It brings depression. It brings suicidal thoughts. Take your Bible and run over to Psalm 32 and notice it also affects you physically. Look in Psalm chapter 32 and verses three and four. He said, when I kept silence, I would not confess my sin. My bones waxed old through my roaring all the day. In your bone marrow is where your blood is made. If your bones deteriorate, your blood will not flow like it should. It will bring disease to you. For day and night, thy hand is heavy upon me. My moisture, energy, enthusiasm is turned to the draught of summer selah and stop and think about it. Did you realize when you get involved in stealing, you're actually committing physical and mental suicide. You are destroying yourself. You're gonna live with that thing until you get right with God the rest of your life. And then spiritually, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. The moment you decide to steal off the job where you're working or you go to Walmart and take some things like that, at that moment you can stop praying until you confess and get right with Walmart and get right with God, God's not gonna hear your prayers. Isaiah 59, two, your iniquities have separated between you and your God so that he will not hear. Did you realize for a first offense, if you were to go in and take uh, things, a first offense, if you're a young adult, you can go to, to jail for a year then possibly five years, if you use a gun to rob somebody, you're gonna spend about 14 years behind bars, don't miss this, and your record will never be expunged. You're gonna have a record for the rest of your life. You better stop a moment and ask yourself the question, is it better to be a looter or a laborer? Is it better to be a stealer and take things, or is it better to be a servant? Now, the opposite of that is, you're, you and I are supposed to start laboring. So go back to Ephesians and look at chapter four and listen to what he says. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. Interesting word, it means to weary yourself with exertion, to grow tired because of work. Work is exactly what it sounds like. It's laborious. 
working or accomplishing something. You're not just putting in time, you're trying to achieve something. And he says working with his hands. Now, why would he say that? Well, in the day in which this was written, most jobs would be been more called menial tasks. They would be jobs like carpentry or pottery or tent making like the Apostle Paul. And so he says, learn how to work with your hands. I was reading the other day that the rabbis used to say, if you do not teach your son to labor with his hands, you've taught him how to be a thief. Now, today, there's some good tech jobs that you can get. I realize we live in the 21st century, not in the first century. And so, but when you labor, whatever you do, you work at it, you learn the very best you can, and you work that which is good. Stealing is evil, work is good. Hold on just a minute and look at me. But not all work is good. You say it's not? No, not all work is good. It's not good to drive a beer truck that's delivering poison to destroy minds and families. It's not good to be a bartender. It's not good to work in nightclubs. It's not good to be in the pornographic industry. There are certain things that are good and Christ honoring. There are other things that are bad. So there's more than just go to work. It's go to work with the right attitude at the right place and you start laboring. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in his grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherpster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.